Uh, the message for this morning is about sacrifice, forgiveness, and love. The first two equal the third. We've been through some difficult times this year, haven't we? But new life is shooting up through the cold, dark earth in all its prettiness and showing us some colour. And small creatures are cautiously emerging from their torpid state, blinking in the sunlight. I feel a bit like that myself. It's been such a strange year. The bitingly cold wind is easing, softened by the fragrance of a spring in the air. Well, perhaps that's pushing it a little bit too far at the moment, but at least the rain is getting a bit warmer. When the swallows return, I think we can safely assume that summer won't be too far behind. We are here together to worship God and to give thanks for all the seasons and the provisions that he gives us. And we do this best, I think, in prayer. So let us pray. Loving and gracious God, you present us with countless gifts, so wonderful we are overwhelmed at times. Through your generosity, we enjoy the beauty and provision of the earth in all we see, hear and feel. You give life to all. You are an amazing God. We thank you for family and friends and communities the opportunity to grow wherever we are planted, in love and service, supporting one another. You call us to where you need us to be, to make full use of the gifts and skills you have blessed us with. We might resist at times, but we know that you love us, so we trust you and follow your, your will eventually. Then we see and know the joy of pleasing you. Sadly, there are times when we forget. Distracted by selfish needs, we say or do things without thinking about you or the feelings of others. We stumble on our way to you, and we are sorry. But we are lifted again and again each time by forgiveness through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, washed clean, refreshed, to continue on our journey to you. All-knowing, almighty, powerful God, full of wonder and mystery, yet as gentle as a lamb. Lord, we thank you. We love you for loving us the way you do and for living in our heart. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 38. The time came for Joseph and Mary to perform the ceremony of purification as the law of Moses commanded. So they took the child to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. 
every firstborn male is to be dedicated to the Lord. They also went to offer a sacrifice of a pair of doves or two young pigeons, as required by the law of the Lord. At that time, there was a man named Simeon living in Jerusalem. He was a good, God-fearing man and was waiting for Israel to be saved. The Holy Spirit was with him and assured him that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's promised Messiah. Led by the Spirit, Simeon went into the temple. When the parents brought the child Jesus into the temple to do for him what the law required, Simeon took the child in his arms and gave thanks to God. Now, Lord, you have kept your promise and you may let your servant go in peace. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light to reveal your will to the Gentiles and bring glory to your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at the things Simeon said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is chosen by God for the destruction and the salvation of many in Israel. He will be a sign from God which many people will speak against, and so reveal their secret thoughts. And sorrow, like a sharp sword, will break your own heart. There was a very old prophet, a widow named Anna, daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She'd been married for only seven years and was now 84 years old. She never left the temple. Day and night, she worshipped God, fasting and praying. That very same hour, she arrived and gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were waiting for God to set Jerusalem free. Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 17, reading from the Good News Translation. You are the people of God. He loved you and chose you for his own. So then you must close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Be tolerant with one another and forgive one another whenever you have a complaint against someone else. You must forgive one another, just as the Lord has forgiven you. And to all these qualities, add love, which binds all things together in perfect unity. The peace that Christ gives is to guide you in the decisions you make. For it is to this peace that God has called you together in the one body and be thankful. Christ's message in all its richness must live in your hearts. Teach and instruct one another with all wisdom. Sing psalms, hymns and sacred songs. Sing to God with thanksgiving in your hearts. Everything you do or say then should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus as you give thanks through him to God the Father. Amen.
Uh, the message for this morning is about sacrifice, forgiveness, and love. The first two equal the third. Mothering Sunday, as you probably know, was introduced to Britain back in the Middle Ages to allow servants and apprentices, some still quite young children, to return home to their mother church and attend a family service together with their family. They had a whole day off for that. Times have changed and it's now somewhat more of a commercialized occasion, but we still spoil our mums the best way we can. It's their day, so we do what we can if we still can. Of course, not every woman is a mother. I'm not a mum, but I had one and she was a blessing. God gives us life through birth, so we've all had or have had a mum. We know that the idealised image of a mother doesn't always fit with reality, and I'll cover that a bit later. For the moment, we'll consider the kind of mother or mother figure who gives us guidance to God through either her teaching or the example set through by how she lives her life and the love that comes through all those things. I'm sure the mums among you will um, understand that it, it is a demanding role, we know that. Often thankless and endless, endless sense of responsibility and duty and love. We know from scripture that uh, the sacrificial nature of a mother's love, like Moses, Hannah's sacrifice, and Mary, of course, the mother of Jesus. We might know of many others including our own experiences. I'm going to read a poem now. Please forgive its simplicity. It's by Strickland Gilliland called Richer Than Gold. You may have tangible riches of wealth untold, caskets of jewels and coffers of gold, but richer than I, you can never be, for I had a mother who read to me. Yes, I know it's a little bit on the cheesy side, but if the readings include Bible stories, their value is enhanced. I recently read a book by Tom Holland, who backed this up in his book, a readable tome called Dominion. Right at the end, he concludes that for all the places of learning, such as universities and churches and, and colleges, etc., the Christian people were and are still most influentially shaped in the home. He adds that it's where children are likeliest to absorb the teachings of a loving God. The Christian revolution was wrought, he says, above all at the knees of women. His own godmother had no children of her own, but nourished her, him with stories of Jesus, which she received from her mother and so on back down the generations. I can't say that, that was my experience. My mother was my primary source, and it was through her I went to Sunday school and, and eventually church because she believed and taught me to. Sadly, as we know, mums are often taken for granted because they're always there, toiling away in the background, only perhaps acknowledged when something is needed or they're wanted to do something. And they, they're there, they're, they come to us then because they love us. And I think God knows how that feels. But mums are human after all, and sometimes their patience does run a bit thin. 
And I'm sure at times they ask themselves, why do I bother? Many times growing up, I heard, Christine, will you please go and tidy your room? I wonder, I wonder if Jesus was ever an ordinary child in quite that way. I suspect it would have been to Joseph to, to issue any corrections. I think it's rather sweet to imagine Joseph saying to Jesus, Jesus, put the tools back where you found them, there's a good lad. Or something similar. And little doubt in my mind that Jesus would have obeyed far more willingly than I ever did. And I'm still very untidy. The lectionary reading from Luke tells us about Mary and Joseph arriving at the temple with Jesus, a babe in arms, barely two months old. Simeon, and later in the reading, Anna, both promised by the Holy Spirit that they would live to witness the arrival of the Messiah. Both waited for many years. Every newborn entering the temple was viewed every day. What was it that drew their attention that day to that couple and that child? The Holy Spirit, certainly. But from among possibly a thousand people in the temple? I wonder if it was Mary who stood out first. Holiness shining from her. And that made them think, is this the mother of the Messiah? Confirmed when they saw the child. Unmistakable to those looking. But those words from Simeon, confirmed by Anna, that their precious child was known about and expected, if no one else there had, must have pleased and also troubled Mary. But for Anna and Simeon, their time had come and they proclaimed the arrival of the Messiah to all who would hear. We don't hear much else about the family until Jesus is lost and then found in the temple at the age of 12 in Jerusalem. Mary nurtured and then and loved Jesus and had him all to herself for that time until, and a little bit beyond. Inevitably for us though, things do change. And as we grow into adults, there can be a sort of role reversal and we need to care for our parents. I can remember walking through Ealing Broadway precinct with my mother she was finding it difficult to walk very far. Every step was slow and painful. She was conscious of this, with a walking stick in one hand and her arm linked through mine for support. She said, oh dear, I'm so sorry. Am I holding you up? I said, no, mum, I rather think I'm holding you up. Lots of childish giggling followed. But it's what we do, don't we? Our perspective changes as adults. We reflect on our childhood and all the changes parents have faced. So with respect and love, we make provision for them however we can and in any way we can. We make decisions that sometimes hurt. But God looks upon the heart at such times and he understands. From the cross, Jesus made provision for his mother. He put the responsibility for her care 
in the hands of the disciple he loved and made him family. An act of love. And from the cross, Jesus forgave those who nailed him to it. I believe Mary did too. Forgiveness was given to the man dying alongside Jesus because he asked Jesus for forgiveness. Unforgiveness is such a weight to bear. It holds us back from becoming whoever Jesus, God wants us to be. Family can be a complicated business or unknown in some cases. Some children don't know who their mother is and never will. A child given up or taken away from adoption is heartbreaking on both sides, whatever the circumstances. If you've ever watched the program Long Lost Families, you will know that there are two main questions a mother needs answers to. Desperately. Is my child loved and happy? And do they forgive me? Sometimes those questions are joyfully answered on the program or in other ways. Sadly, sometimes they're not. Today, we see so many children abandoned through conflict and violence throughout the world and through domestic violence, mothers who walk away unable to cope, perhaps because they did not receive love or no love themselves. So this day, perhaps above all others, we pray for those mums to know that their child is loved as they are loved. God blesses the children that, that wait to be loved and those children who care for a parent in need through love. And we say again that God looks upon the heart, especially the broken ones. Paul tells us that as God's people, we must clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, and to be tolerant and forgiving. The peace of Christ guides our thinking and the decisions we make, all bound together in love and gratitude. May Christ's message in all its richness live in our hearts.
content in this podcast is adapted from recorded Zoom services held by Teambridge Methodist Circuit Coastal Section. Full videos can be viewed on their YouTube channel. Music is taken from worship audio tracks, all rights reserved. <laughs>